Today's episode is sponsored by you and others like you who have pledged a flexible monthly donation through the Urban Achiever Patreon page. Please consider becoming a contributor by visiting patreon.com slash urbanachiever. And thank you for your support. What's up, Achievers? It's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is episode 64, and uh, if you have not uh, listened to 63, please go back and do that first. You're going to want to listen to that uh, first hour with Mr. Aaron Ford, my guest today. How about that new Descendants record? Have you checked that out yet? Hypercafium Spazinate. It came out, uh, well, yesterday, if you're listening to this today. I pre-ordered that bad boy. It's really awesome. I love it. Uh, I remember seeing The Descendants when I was a 17-year-old kid um, at the Shea Cafe at UCSD in San Diego. There was no stage. It was uh, floor level. And Milo uh, and I, I was in the front, and we were singing face-to-face with just only the microphone between our faces. It was sort of like a seminal moment for my youth that I will never forget. I remember Stefan Egerton, their guitarist, uh, spent a long time talking to me about playing in bands. He, he and Carl, the bass player, had just joined the band. They had just moved out to California from, uh, I believe, Salt Lake City, Utah. And uh, Milo was still in college <laughs> at that time, which is crazy to even think about. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped on that new record. It's like their first new record in like 12 years, and uh, it's really cool. So definitely check that out, New Descendants record on Epitaph. Uh, nobody's paying me to say that. I just love the Descendants, and uh, I probably wouldn't do a lot of what I do if it wasn't for them. I have a Milo tattoo I got not long ago. Got my picture taken with Chris Sherry at Punk Rock Bowling. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Chris Sherry's the artist who designed Milo and does all their artwork involving the Milo character. So pretty awesome. On uh, Saturday, I'm going to go check out Further Seems Forever's uh, How to Start a Fire tour at the Gramercy Theater in New York City. So if you're there, be sure to say hello. Yeah, so that's some of the stuff I got going with me. Um, You may recall, if you were here last time, that I gave a little pitch for uh, supporting the show through Patreon. I encourage you to do that. I would like to thank Kelly for giving 10 bucks, Chris 5, and Adam 5. They made up for $20 uh, for 20 of you. All I asked for was a dollar each. You know you spend more than that uh, just to put an extra shot in your coffee. So you can probably afford it. <laughs> okay, okay. Enough with the guilt trips. Uh, but please go to patreon.com slash urban achiever. Uh, you can also go to urbanachievershow.com. There's links on every episode at the bottom to our online store, our, my online store uh, for the show. If you want to get a coffee mug or a shirt, um, there's also a button at urbanachievershow.com if you just want to give a one time donation. Uh, but sincerely, I really appreciate uh, all of you that take the time to write, the, all all you Patreon supporters that have been giving for some time now. I sincerely appreciate you. I have been able to, uh, you know, upgrade all my gear in the studio. And, uh, you know, I really want to do more. I would like to eventually go up to 
you know, a couple episodes a week, start some other shows. Uh, I am also working on a tooth and nail podcast that's going to be coming out just to let you know, I'm going to be the host of that or the, uh, you know, the narration voice. That's going to be a little bit more story style. Um, so get pumped for that. And, uh, yeah, if Mark uh, ever gets his act together, I might do some never was, uh, episodes, but yeah, a lot of podcasting. Yeah, that's it. That's my pitch. Patreon.com slash urban achiever. Give a buck, man. It won't kill you. And there's about 2000 of you a week listening to the show. I appreciate you very much. And, uh, that's it for this, uh, summer's sales pitch. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you weren't here last time, uh, listen to that first hour with Aaron, uh, you can hear about his, uh, early childhood and, and how he was already playing at bars, uh, as a young kid, his, uh, first encounter with a Vista light orange, uh, Ludwig drum kit. And that led us to the point that we're at today. Uh, the second hour with Mr. Aaron Ford, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to that. So here we are once again, my buddy. Aaron Ford. And uh, so I worked at my, so I get accepted to Belmont, but I, I was still months away. So I work for like a year. This is like, oh, like a year away. Okay. Yeah. So I work like a year at my aunt's restaurant, do all the crazy practicing. And then uh, I moved to Nashville mm-hmm. and go to Belmont. And I'm there about a year driving my roommate, Aaron Harley, insane with uh, my practicing. Because <laughs> I don't know, again, I don't know if I have some sort of million dollar smile or if I switch in some sort of drug or something and like you should just let me practice in our dorm room but oh my gosh do you let me do that i don't even i don't know we should probably have him on here and like redo this whole episode what's his name aaron hartley oh aaron was your roommate yeah so two aaron's living together (laughs) nice i never knew you guys were roommates i totally know that guy oh yeah oh yeah 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 so uh he let me practice uh at this point i move up there i get in a band um and we are playing all original music. Um, what band is this? There's a band called Shortside, okay. and they were they had they were all Nashvilleians and had been working it for a little while and like mm-hmm. trying to. I think they had like maybe a development deal with like uh, was it Sponge Bath Records? I think was the name of it. Who had mm-hmm. Self at the time? Okay, and um, so like there was like some interest about them, but like it was very herky jerky. I took my first trip to like New York. I actually got to play at CBGB's. Um, wow. Yeah. It was, it was insane. Uh, so like nobody, cause nobody knew we were coming. So sure. whatever. Uh, I did that for like a year. I was in school there. And then, and this is just like a, like a straight up rock type band or like what was like, what kind of music was it? They were like, uh, uh, they were very influenced by like early, early failure. Okay. Um, that kind of thing. So it's sort of spacey, sort of with some, there's some pixies thrown in there, some jaw box for good measure, of course, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Okay. At some point during that year, I get the first blue tip record and love it. This is still in the early days of, uh, connecting the world via the internet. Uh-huh. So like, I remember going to like the computer lab at school and looking up Billy Tip to their Discord band and ooh, let's check these get these kids out. And uh what pops up is like a like a 
hey, we're looking for a drummer. Wow. Literally on this thing. And I'm like, I don't know why. Still to this day, I have no idea why I was so fearless and just being like instantly emailing them. I mean, like, hey, I'm a drummer. I live in Nashville. I'd love to give it a shot. Wow. But I did. I just did. I I don't even know. <laughs> I have I have no inkling of what I could have been thinking. Like, yeah, I'm a 20 year old, and these dudes are all 10 years older than me. That didn't occur. It's just like, hey, here's a band. I could go play in a band. Go do this thing. Yeah. So I sent them a thing, never even thinking I would hear anything back. Right. And then I did, and they're like, hey, sorry, it took so long. We got you know been here there and doing all sorts of stuff. Everybody's been busy moving and whatnot. Um, would you like to come try out? I'm like, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Um, okay. So it was some crazy deal. Like I had finals on like a Monday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was moving back for the summer, back home to Kelton for like on Tuesday or something. I was just going to go back and visit my folks for the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I leave literally on a Friday morning. I leave Nashville, drive to DC, which is like, 12 hours or something stupid wow. and uh drive there we practiced on friday played together on friday we played together on saturday <laughs> and then i drove back on sunday got back in on sunday night took finals which i did not do so well on on monday oh man yeah. and then left for the summer on tuesday <laughs> <laughs> for the summer yeah so they apparently had one other guy trying out and then he either couldn't come to try out or came and it didn't work out or something. So they called me like within a week and a half of my being home. They're like, if you want to do it, come on up. Wow. So at this point, it's like, oh, this is real. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's crazy. So then I got I got waylaid and had to stay in Georgia a little bit longer because I got like a fender bender or something. Had to like resolve all that. So then I packed all my stuff and moved up to D.C. This is after your freshman year of college? Yeah. Okay. I started the, the train a rolling <laughs> in, a, in a legitimate way, like an actual, like, I guess I'm doing this now, you know? Right. I had no inkling of what, you know, what that entailed being in a, in a working band meant, you know? Right. I did not know like how much work it was. I did not know what sort of dedication it took, yeah. you know, but these are, these guys are already given, you know, I didn't realize they were like, four drummers before me, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't know. I just went into it blind, like basically everything at that point. Like, it's just like, all right, here we go. Like the, the predecessor to you is uh, Joe, who was in garden variety, right? Something absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. And has now made his circle complete and is now like, I think they're like, Bluetooth is like riding again. So are they really? I think he's, I think he's helping, helping do that. So, I wasn't supposed to not divulge that, but he's in that sick band. Well, what's crazy is he's in that sick band, Red Hair, that's on, uh, yes, on uh, Discord. Uh, the singer of which was from Swizz, which members of that band is who started Blue Tip in the first place. So, yep, there you go. Yes, uh, Jason and Dave, who are who are uh, old Swizz Swizz bandmates and were Blue Tip, and yeah. And then, of course, he also sings in Dag Nasty, who I saw at Punk Rock Bowling this summer. So. Yeah. I mean, just being around those guys was like, being around those guys for like 20 minutes, like I gained so much like inspiration 
It was insane. I mean, did you say, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was in a really famous band from Carrollton, Georgia <laughs> called Camel Toe. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how you opened up? With it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys, what was your, what, what bands were you in? I was in this band called Camel Toe. Like what? Like, yeah. Do not judge me on that, please. Oh boy. But yeah. Well, everybody starts somewhere, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was an amazing learning curve. So now did you guys go right into going on tour or like working on that <laughs> LP you did with them? Like what? Yes. Uh, all of the above. <laughs> okay. We went straight into, so they had songs that were written. Um, so the trick, the tricky thing here is that when I originally got asked to go try out, I guess everybody else had been given like a sheet of like learn these tracks and uh when you come we'll go over these and maybe throw in some new stuff or whatever i never received that memo oh, so i just learned the whole record uh-huh. <laughs> so when i showed up they're like what songs do you want to play like what songs did uh jake tell you i was like uh jake didn't tell me any songs they're like oh really uh oh okay um do you know this one sure so we played it okay do you know this one yeah sure so we played it and like we just went basically went through the whole record and they're like okay <laughs> wow i was like sorry you know i hope it's all right like, yeah it's, it's okay and uh then we did uh, a couple of new ones or whatever so they had like new songs that were like in the works uh-huh. they had never nailed down fully a, a drum part for or whatever so like that was kind of what started happening to me mm-hmm. and then they had a like a two-month tour of europe booked Wow. for the fall like when i came up so i came up in who like july mm-hmm. guys like 20 years ago this month oh crazy wow um yeah. so uh i went yeah in july or so I, I moved up and then we were basically practicing again like six hours a shot you know probably four to six hours how many days a week at first it was like five like it was like a full-time job right and again that was that was amazing for me but also like another learning curve like i was like these dudes are serious right like we are practicing. Like this is not <laughs> rehearsal. This is like straight up practice. Like yep. we are honing everything in, you know. And it was like they were, you know, they were hard on me, and and they should have been. And it was great, mm-hmm. you know. It was like that's too fast. That's too slow. They wanted things to be perfect, and yeah, yeah, which you know absolutely helped me later. But uh, but yeah, so we started doing that. We went on tour with uh, Kerosene Fifty Four in the fall. And did like I forget what it was something crazy like forty eight shows and like I don't know this was in Europe yeah like forty eight shows in a row or something crazy I mean it was hold on a second so your first tour ever was a two month tour of Europe with, uh playing in Blue Tip touring with Kerosene four fifty four for like forty eight shows yes well it's pretty good for a first tour my friend I know right I still don't <laughs> even believe I get to say that like, that's sick. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> I have to look back at like old notebooks and like, yep, that actually happened. Okay. Speaking of sick, speaking of sick drummers, that the drummer from Kerosene 454 is a monster, monster. Drummer. Oh man, Dan Zimzak, he is. I owe so much to that guy. Like he taught me so much, just just on that tour alone. But like mm-hmm. even later, just like I told him one time, I was like, I just want you to know, I've uh, not so successfully ripped you off for the past like ten years. <laughs> Wow. Sorry. Like so much about, cause it was like, he was like the first guy I got to see, like sit there every night and just watch play. Mm-hmm. And it was like amazing to watch somebody have that much like power and finesse all in one go. Yeah. And like, you know, when we talked about crazy jazzy musics together, mm-hmm. like he understood, you know, I was like, oh, you get me, <laughs> you get me, dude. you get me. 
you know, and of course I was the, like, I was the youngin. I was, you know, 20 and they were all 30. Yeah. If not about to be 30. Wow. So I was just like the wide eyed kid, like still hyperactive, you know, like off the wall. Super eager. And, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. They were just like, we love this guy. Cause he can just do anything like <laughs> Russia and playing a gulag for the next six months. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. You know? So, so you do this tour of Europe and then you come back and then what? Do a tour of Europe. We come back. Uh, we did some recording. Uh, we get a tour book for Japan. Where did you do the recording? Oh, of course, at Inner Yeah, sure. Of course. Cause Just wanted to get that in there. With Jay Robbins. So. Yeah, because this story wouldn't be complete if I didn't have that. Oh, sure. I'm the jerk. <laughs> uh, I hate you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we go, we do some recording because we are doing... Early sessions for Join Us or what? These are, okay, so we did a seven inch that had the song Join Us on it. Okay. And it had this song called Number Two. It's a really cool seven inch. It's like blue, like super blue vinyl. Mm-hmm. We put, we literally, we had these little like vellum sleeves that you could like see through. Uh-huh. And uh, Jason, who's an amazing, Jason Farrell, amazing graphic designer, all around amazing person. Yep. He does all that stuff that has that like yeah. uh, all the line, like line, bubbled lines and stuff and yeah yeah super super awesome like modern stuff he did all like a bunch of I think basically from like maybe and on the kill taker on for Fugazi he did like all the like layout stuff for them like design wise and like all I mean he's just an amazing designer and uh, mm-hmm. he had all these great ideas at that point of like cool minimal things to do and this was like. We had this one little bar of paper basically that went around that had like the design on it and, you know, liner notes and all that on the little flaps that folded around the back of the record. But the way it all fit together, it was like basically one seamless piece of work that you can kind of see through. It was really, really awesome. Uh, We were literally, so we recorded that seven inch to take out on tour. Mm -hmm. We had a couple of short runs in the States, like super short. And, uh, we were like literally piecing these things together by hand mm-hmm. between shows, like gluing each tab. And like, we had a button machine. Yep. We're making our own like buttons in the van, you know, everything, every punk rock dream I ever had, I was like doing like, <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, wow, we are seriously like doing everything. Yeah. Just us. It's just four guys in a van doing our thing, you know? And, uh, so we recorded, those songs and then i think at the same time we recorded two more if not three more and they went on this comp that helped offset the cost of us to go to japan okay uh so we went to japan for like two weeks um and that was again with kerosene 44 part of the package was we brought along uh sweet belly freakdown which is basically yeah a reunited swiss and yeah so they would play the shows with us along with a Japanese band. <laughs> like, so it was like this homemade like package tour, like four band bill. Yep. And like, it was, it was, you know, it was amazing somewhere. I think Jason Farrell has the, there's like a dat recording of our, the last night we played in Tokyo. And, uh, really? Yeah. We opened with, uh, cheap trick, uh, hello there, <laughs> which they played at Budokan. So it was, wow. it was our little nod, little haha. But, uh, so we recorded that, we did that, that was pretty much, that was like all the recording I did. We were writing all the songs and stuff that later became Join Us, okay. which, um, there was another drummer on because on the actual album. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I wound up leaving 
and in a tizzy and in a tizzy yeah in a tizzy don't don't just run don't what's that don't run past that <laughs> yeah what's that about it was uh it was dumb young boy stuff like i was just like finding myself uh-huh. not finding myself in love not in love like no idea what was going on uh-huh. Uh, not feeling totally a part of the world that I was in, right? But not knowing what I wanted to do, blah 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 blah. You know all the super dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wound up leaving. You were like, you were like twenty one or something. Yeah. Um, I wound up leaving DC. Went back to Nashville. Um, went back to Nashville for a little while. Uh, started uh working in uh kitchens again and that thing i've always been working in kitchens this whole time like huh. that was my other yep. world my other love um it was kind of a labor of love just because it was like the the one job that allowed you time to play music really right yeah um, you could get time off because somebody always wanted your shifts anyway so <laughs> yeah works out yeah so uh moved back to nashville uh wound up doing all manner of other things for years i got married i got divorced uh wow played played in other bands uh sincerity guild and yeah moved away from nashville moved back to nashville then charity guild started uh went through that a couple times uh different line changes that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that was like an instrumental band right sincerity Guild. yes Mm -hmm. yes all instrumental i wrote all the music for that i should say i wrote all the ideas for that everybody else played them way better Uh than i could uh and you guys just had the one record on theory eight yep which was Aaron Hartley's label. So that yep. brings everything full circle. Uh, <laughs> and then I played with Forget Cassettes, which was another band on Theory 8, um, yep. with Dear Friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was that was an amazing time. You just did that Salt record with them? Yeah, we did the Salt record, and we did like one, there was like an EP, little single, really. Mm-hmm. That we put out right before that with like a different version of a couple of one song, and then like a different song we didn't actually want to put on the record. Um, I think that's the only band I actually saw you play with, incidentally. Oh, yeah. Like Probably. Like Lounge or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so we did that, and then, uh, what else happened? <laughs> All manner of things. I love, I love I, because of time, I love how we just glazed through, got married, and divorced, but maybe that's yeah. enough. <laughs> married, divorced, an entire section of life devoted to, you know, religious pursuits, you know, all manner of things. Uh, religious pursuits. <laughs> Uh, I did not go and spend any time in sweat lodges. I'll just put that out there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, then, then, uh, post three cassettes, uh, I did, uh, I did a couple tours with, uh, Unwed Sailor. The old John Ford. Yeah. Uh, I haven't talked to him forever. I talked to him a little while back, probably like three years ago, I guess. I haven't talked to him forever. Yeah. You need to talk to that guy. Uh, I did the first two tours with like Copeland before they had a record out. Did you really? I didn't know about that. Yeah. It was like. Pre, like so they put out a single on theory eight okay. like a split with a band from atlanta called pacifico okay yeah i remember that yeah so like we went on tour they needed a drummer to go do a tour i did that tour and um then we did one other and then like they needed somebody Mushroom group was coming coming calling and uh-huh. all that stuff they needed somebody who was more able to pick up a move at that point i was married and i could not just like go away and do whatever yeah at a moment's notice we're just too tied down and uh the my wife was in uh school at that point so like i was just like there's no way i'm sorry yeah uh so they went you know and did great things uh 
after that. Um, what else? Then I kind of like did, after Forget Cassettes, did a couple of things, just little things here and there, and let's say other stuff. Uh-huh. And then... uh Like you played on recording stuff with them also? I have. There's like on the record Little Wars. I think there's a song, I think the song called Little Wars maybe. There's like, okay. we recorded a version of it and then they re-recorded part of it because the recording didn't actually work out. But like, there's like half of what we did that was still available. And so it is on there, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's not really me, but it is me. But whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then I got a call from uh, this guy, Bobby Bear Jr., who's a senior songwriter now, a member of God About Voices, crazily. Um, wow. Yeah. Another, that's a guy you should have on. That's a crazy story. Oh, really? So, yeah. He uh, he calls and asks if I could do some shows uh, because his old drummer, Donnie mm-hmm. Schroeder, who was in big sets, they like, kind of did this weird, like, rode around each other through Nashville bands. I was in a band. You're like following um, each other around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was in a band called Fair Verona, which was Beth from Forget Sets. That was the band she was in. Uh, one of the girls was in that band. Uh, Leah was in Short Side with me early on. And then uh, Shauna is now in. It's like it's like lightning around with band <laughs> names. I think you've mentioned like seven band names in the last like seven minutes. <laughs> Then uh, Shauna Potter is in War on Women. Who's a Baltimore punk band uh, who's like who's ferocious. Um, Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're awesome. She was from what band? She was in that uh, Fair Verona was the band. Oh, Fair Verona that we were all in. So I just moved back to Nashville. Uh, Their drummer got sick, and they need somebody to fill in for something. I came and tried out, and they're like, apparently didn't tell they just told him not to come back i guess i don't know huh. it's very weird so uh either way i wound up doing shows with them uh so after i couldn't do that anymore they donnie was playing in another band in town or whatever and he came on board there uh then he went then he and at Chevron ended he invested for the sets and then he moved away to play with trail dead uh-huh. um, and i played with yeah here we go <laughs> Donnie. Uh, yeah. And then I, me and my friend Jay, who is in Apollo Up, which is also in our national band. Yep. Uh, Great band. Created a new Voltron version of uh, Forget Sets and did Salt. Then uh, Donnie was playing at the same time with uh, Bobby Bear Jr. some. And Donnie was unable to do that all the time. So he told Bobby to call me. Bobby called me. Mm. I played with Bobby. We went. Played all over the place. Played in a bunch more Europe, Spain, blah 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 blah. Really, with Bobby Bear Jr. Yeah, I did a bunch of U.S. stuff. That's another huge like learning moment because uh, he's he's a singer songwriter thing. Like you're there, mm-hmm. right, to be his support, you know. Um, yep. And he's amazing at putting together like a set of songs that like really flow well together, and like he's just. He's just really good. He's really good at like charming a crowd. Like he's just, you know, there's a lot to learn from him. So uh, I played with him probably like two full years, I guess, like just doing stuff. I mean, uh, was he playing like what kind of places is he playing? Like just clubs or like theaters or like? uh, It was usually clubs. Um, Like we come to like, you know, if we played like Seattle or somewhere, we play like 
tractor Show tavern or like uh, tractor. Okay. Yeah, we play like uh, uh, I think we're playing Portland, like Doug Furland, somewhere like that. You know, gotcha. Um, that kind of place, that size place, usually. I mean, mm-hmm. if we're doing like a festival thing, it'd be much bigger too. It's like crazy, like those are always like big shows for him. Um, but uh, so I did that for a while, and then literally one day we're driving. I'm like, I think asleep in the van, and Bobby wakes me up. And he's like, Donnie's on the phone. I'm like, oh, okay, why well, is Donnie calling me? And <laughs> but he's like, uh, do you, uh, do you, how are you feeling about the Bobby thing? I'm like, it's great, you know. He's like, well, I'm not gonna be able to do the show of Dead thing anymore. Do you? think you want to come try out and i was like i i was like well you know me and you know them <laughs> and their reputation sort of preceded them let's be yeah. honest was yeah. like do you think that i want to do that <laughs> <laughs> and he was like well let me run down you know the cast of characters and so like we basically just had like this 45 minute talk about like you know who was still in the band who wasn't how it was going blah, 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 blah. i was like yeah you know what yeah I'll, I'll give it a shot, you know? <laughs> so in typical Ford fashion, I like, I think I was with Bobby's blessing. Cause he was like, yeah, dude, go like, do do it. Like, this is the kind of thing that like, you're into, you know, this is what you want, you know? Yeah. And so we all want to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing a show in Portland. It's like a flying gig. And I rigged it so that I could fly. I flew to Austin first mm-hmm. and tried out show dead. And then, flew to Portland to meet him, play that show. And then I think we either flew back or we flew and played one other show in like Chicago or something and then came back. Hmm. But now, now had they always had two drummers when he was playing with them and all that? Uh, they, they started with two drummers basically because of him. Uh, okay. that record, I can't remember the name of that record now. That's terrible. Um, okay. but, uh, they started the two drummer thing on the record that he, recorded with them mainly it just like everything they wanted to do just needed to be bigger and so gotcha. they just went all in on the they went all ham on making it bigger madonna and worlds apart so that's the one worlds apart worlds apart. Yeah. worlds apart yeah okay so the first record uh, was in 98 so in 2005 they went to the yes okay. yes so he was with them for that record and the next record um and then that was when uh, I think he was so like, divided. you know, yeah, he was like, I gotta, I gotta do something else. Um, they had been, I mean, if you look somewhere, there's like an archive of like how many shows they were playing for those records in a year, and it's crazy. It is insane. It's insane. I mean, even when I joined, it was still nuts. I mean, we were going six and a half sometimes. One record, I think, it was like we looked, and like it was like eight eight months almost, like in total. It's just like what? eight out of twelve like, months. Yeah. Yes, you know, playing, you're like playing what? like every night, like having one day off a week or what? Uh, yeah, you usually have one. You might have two, maybe. Okay. It's usually like one day. You know, uh, you may have a travel day in there. I mean, it was just it was just brutal. I mean, yeah. And they, you know, they kept that up for a long time, and I mean they're still going, but yeah, it is definitely it has slowed down somewhat now. Um, yeah, but it is, uh, so yeah, I joined up with that and then, uh, for the next little bit, like I was, you know, that was the first time I was able, I was able to like completely do nothing but music, like right. completely. And that was Just like, to live off was, of it. Like you were on salary or something or what? Yeah. Yeah. We got a, 
you know, they weren't big enough that we got like any sort of retainers or anything like that. Like I have friends who play for like big country dudes, you know, and they are like right. on retainer. So that at any moment, whether you're on the road or not. Right. Yeah. yeah you get, you get called and you got to go, you know, mm-hmm. it was no, definitely not that big a deal, but we did make good money and, you know, we got paid salary and all that stuff. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was great. You know, it's the first time, like I said, that I've been able to like do only that. It was like, I realized that as you know, that goal had become a reality <laughs> finally, you know? Yeah. What are some of like your fate, like from that time that you played with them? Like, are there some epic like bands that you toured with that you can think of that you're just like, I can't believe we're I'm playing with these people or uh, I, I had to imagine they played with some cool bands. Right. I mean, there were a lot of like, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of festival shows that were like, you know, I remember like standing on stage and watching the Jesus Mary chain play mm-hmm. like a band after us. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, yeah. this is actually happening, you know, or yeah. like, you know, uh, did you ever play some of those big year, like England festivals and that kind of thing? They did like Leeds and, or no, uh, they did Reading. They did Reading like Redding. early on. Oh, I got it was you. like when they were like still a four piece, like the original lineup, they did, uh-huh. they did Reading. Um, we did not do Reading, but we did like all the other, there's like, I mean, there's like three different sets of like festivals in Europe. It's crazy. It's like early summer, mid summer, late summer. So, I mean, the first year I was with them, like, I think we hit all of those <laughs> series. Like, we just kept, like, going back. I mean, there was, like, early yeah. summer, mid-summer, late summer. So, I mean, the first year I was with them, like, I think we hit all of those <laughs> series. Yeah. Like, we just kept, like, going back. I mean, there was, like, there was a year or so that I was, like, totally, I, I'm pretty sure I was in, like, Germany more than I was in the States. Like, it was just... <laughs> constant like it was just yeah. like wow like we are back here okay you know yeah i knew it was like getting to a point of craziness when like the six hour plane ride felt like nothing you know yeah it's just like oh that was, that was a quick six hours <laughs> <laughs> like that's bad now you like hadn't played with them for some time and then am i remembering this correctly that you did a later like you went back with them for like a tour or something like no i did not okay there was there was chance that that was going to happen, and it, it did not. Um, okay. I was originally, like, we recorded, I recorded Dow the Dead. That was the last thing that I recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and right after we recorded that, I told them we didn't, we had, like, maybe, like, 10 <laughs> dates for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I've put in my work, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I love you guys, you know. Um, yeah. But, you need somebody who's 110% like into doing this, this hard. Yeah. And I am not 110% into doing this, this hard. Yeah. So, you know, they were understanding for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, you know, finished out my commitments and left it in a good spot. And, you know, that was, that was it. It's like, like 2012 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Somewhere around there. Okay. And then that was that. (laughs) <laughs> that was it. That's it. And then I'm done. Now I just sit around my apartment talking on the phone. No. <laughs> well, you went. You went to culinary school, right? Like, but okay. Yes. So hold on. So <laughs> other other than obviously, if you're doing eight out of twelve months a year, and it's in your words brutal. And at the same time, though, you were able to finally. There's all this build up to like now. You're finally able to do music as a living. Did you just have some sort of realization that like you didn't? 
want to do that? Like, this isn't like a sustainable way of living for you. Like, what was the like sort of turning point, like to where you're like, I'm going to move in a different direction. Like you already said, you've already, already been doing the cooking and all that stuff, but was there like a moment? That's a great question. I mean, I think there's a point much like what I'd said before about like, even way back, like baseball or something like where you decide like, you know what, like I'm going to do this thing and live this way. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, and that means this set of things, you know, X, Y, and Z is now going to be the norm. And if you decide to do that, you like accept that, you know, mm-hmm. as, as what your normal is. If you decide no, then that's a whole other set of X, Y, and Z's. And I kind of like got to a point where I was like, I have, you know, the goal, my end goal for like, I guess what I wanted to quote unquote do with music was like, I wanted to be able to like support myself and that's my thing. And, da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da, da. and I did that. You sort of felt like you accomplished what you sort of set out to accomplish. Yeah. And then at the same time, I also was having that feeling of like, I'm at this point, I was probably 34, 35. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, so I'm in a committed relationship and, uh, I have seen to some degree what, you know, this like separation mm-hmm. can do to a relationship. And do I want that again? No. And, are there other things that I want to do with my life, you know, other than see the inside of a tour bus and a, and or an airplane or a concert venue yeah. every, you know, a couple of months? Like, are there other things I want to experience, you know, do I want to keep yeah. working for someone else? Like, cause uh, you know, at this point I was basically a hired gun right. drummer. I mean, and it's a great thing because you get to play all kinds of different music and all that stuff. But like, mm-hmm. At a point, it's also you have to. You're not really like a song, a primary songwriter, and you're not like exactly. There's not the income stream that you get if you're the main dude or whatever. Exactly, you're not, and you're always scraping. You always have to go and do another. There always has to be another tour, you know. Right. And I just wanted my world to be a little bit more permanent than that. Uh huh. So it's just like you know, I thought about it for a long time, and I was also like, I'd reached a point where it wasn't totally fun anymore. And I'd always promised myself, I know it's so cliche, but I'd always promised myself that like, if this turns into a quote unquote job mm-hmm. and I'm not, I don't go out there and like, love it, you know, yeah. then I need to really examine why I'm there, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just, you know, I do a lot of soul searching. I know you won't say this about yourself. Uh, so I'll say it for you. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you are ending. I mean, I, if nobody can appreciate this whole narrative of all this stuff and all the hours and time you put in it, I mean, to me, you are an incredibly gifted drummer. Um, you're extremely talented. Uh, and, and so that says a lot to like get to that point and all this build up and all of this hours of time invested and, and everything else to get to that point is like a pretty heavy thing, you know? Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it was, it was a big, big, big moment, you know, to have to make that call and be like, Hey, I can't do this anymore. You know, like, yeah. To like literally have those words come out was like, Whoa, am I, am I doing that thing? Like, no, I am doing the right thing. You know, ultimately yeah. this is the right way to go. Um, you know, and then I, you know, I promised myself like, look, you're not saying no to this forever either. Like right. you can still go do something, but now you get to do it more on your terms, more on in a way that like, makes sense for your your world and you don't oh, spend good. six months on the road and you know 
Oh, good. So you and I can still do that uh, project we never did. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I mean, at in point, I did a tour right before we moved here with Copeland again. Uh-huh. You know, okay. this is like 12 years later. We were like, yeah. you know, I'm living in Orlando for a little bit. Aaron Marshall lives in Lakewood, Lakewood, no, Lakeland. And he calls me and is like, hey, we need a drummer to do this tour. Yeah. I'm like, okay, uh, what's the tour? He's like, well, you're in all these great theaters open for Paramore. I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, see, this is the kind of thing like I can do. I was like, how long is it? It's like a month. I was like, okay, well, this is right before we're moving anyways. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have to leave this job. Like, it lines up right. It was a blast, you know. Dang, I did not even know you did that tour. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, and it was ridiculously fun. The crowds were great. You know, it's like, if you're going out on tour with a band, it's like, you know, arguably at the height of their popularity, like people loved them. People yeah. that were there also loved Copeland, so it wasn't like we were getting stuff thrown at us or anything, right. you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Like, this is kind of awesome, and this is the kind of thing I can do. Yeah some of these, you know, and like, <laughs> I still feel like I'm like connected to this thing. It still means the world to me. Yeah. But like, I just can't, you know, I just, I don't want to leave home, you know, for six months at a time. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but, well, I feel bad that we have to cliffs notes this shit at the end here. Uh, cause I was all excited sure. to talk to you about food stuff. Cause I'm into the food stuff. Um, I know but, here we go. We didn't even but, talk about it, but you did go to culinary school. Everyone should know, um, after yeah. years of working with old ladies and different people in kitchens, uh, yeah. throughout the South and you're in North Carolina. Now you work at a hotel as a yeah, sous chef, the, right? Yeah. I'm at the, I'm uh, at the Durham hotel. It's, uh, Executive chef is Andrea Riesling. She's uh-huh. a James Beard Award winner for uh, her restaurant in Chapel Hill, which is called Lantern. Yeah. Um, she is an amazing, uh, amazing chef. Um, somebody that I am lucky to work for, and I get to be her sous chef uh, with a uh, chef de cuisine, uh, Zach Felici. He worked at like a million awesome places, Bobo, and Dang. Uh, he worked at a couple of Andrew Carmelini restaurants both in new york and in miami of course of course aaron if you're gonna do food of course you're working with like james beard award-winning chefs i love how humble you are (laughs) it's like no i'm just working at waffle house or something yeah yeah Yeah, of course i'm I'm working with like world renowned yeah and you were telling me that your day starts at like 10 in the morning and goes until 10 or 11 at night yeah i mean i definitely pulled some you know I definitely pull some, pull some long hours. Um, 12, 12 hours is usually the norm. Uh, yeah. it goes as high as 16 sometimes. Like, dang, it just depends on how busy it is right now. It's kind of slow around here, college town, whatnot. So people are okay. starting to come back in. So it'll start getting a little crazy, but, uh, and is that, is that place like more like high end type food or like, uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I think it's, it's perceived as more here because it's the only, one of only like two places like it in town as far as like a quote unquote boutique hotel goes. So okay. it's seen as more of a, a fine dining assessment than it really is. Um, gotcha. It is very much, you know, hyper local and mm-hmm. super seasonal and all that. And that is one of Andrew's big things. I saw a picture on your Facebook of you at like some farm or something. Yeah. 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 I was hanging out with one of our farmers, David Benjamin, uh, who is, I mean, he is, he worked with us and is now providing us with food. So it's like, 
the greatest like closed loop ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah. I mean, and that day I got to spend with him, you know, just like basically picking tomatoes, peppers and things off the vine and eating them, you know, like right wow. there. And it's like, cool. like, this is like what you want to do. This is like what you dream about doing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Are you breaking down all the uh, animals and all that jazz doing all that business? We or? do, we do some, uh, yeah. We don't get in a lot of whole animals uh, mm-hmm. just because our space is sort of limited where we are. Um, we get them, you know, whole fish and things like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, we kind of started this project, uh, I guess we've been open just over a year now. And uh, mm-hmm. so for brunch and breakfast stuff, we make our own bacon in house, which kind of became like my baby. So like we do like special stuff with the belly and all and keep the skin on, do this sort of like, Asian-inspired, uh, like crispy skin pork belly. Nice. Which is our bacon, but uh, so it's a little bit different for a lot of people. They come in and they're like, "What is going on?" Because the slices are like really thick and meaty and fatty and all the things you want, but it is a little arresting when you see it the first time. Yeah. We do things like that. A lot of a lot of meat curing, a lot of fermenting, a lot of pickling. Uh, you know. Yeah. Fermenting's like a, kind of like a thing right now, right? Like people are real into that. It is. Uh, and I think it's one of those things, like a lot of things, uh, it has, it's always been there and probably our, our grandparents did it a lot and didn't, maybe didn't know quite what they were doing or <laughs> understood exactly what they were doing. Yeah. And how good it is for you and all that. Yeah. yeah you don't get, it doesn't totally get passed down, but mm-hmm. it is, it's an amazing thing. You know I mean? So much of the food that we eat is treated that way in some small part at least uh yeah and you just don't even think about it like when i was a kid i didn't think about anybody fermenting anything just eat yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> just eat it so just now do you, now do you have any uh i don't i'm not trying to get you don't worry probably no one that you know will ever listen to this just kidding um but like do you have asp- i don't want i want to put you at ease but do you have aspirations like of like eventually doing your own place or like you're happy in the role that you're in or you want to be like a head chef or like what like where are you at with all that stuff uh i mean i definitely at some point want to have my own spot um Uh i you know i've been a sous chef here now for a few months Mm -hmm. so like i'm still like you know getting into the ins and outs of that role totally um and there's still you know many steps to take before like fully running even the kitchen where i am now so yeah. Um, that would be an aspiration as well. Like, like fully running that kitchen for, uh, for Andy and Zach. Um, but, uh, having a spot of my own would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I think I kind of go get closer and closer to like what that might look like every, uh-huh. every few weeks or so. I kind of sit down and revisit like things I like, things I don't like, you know, would it be, Fancy, would it be casual? Would it be this? Would it be that? You know? Yeah. So I think that's a very long way of saying, yes, I would love to have my own <laughs> spot. Yes. <laughs> All I can think about is you opening your own corner cafe and what that might mean. Yeah. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's probably the bug was, you know, was there and bit me a long time ago to see like people doing that kind of thing. But like, yeah, you know, having that sort of spot, Every once in a while, you come out of the out of the kitchen to just play a drum solo, like 
Yeah. Wherever yeah. <laughs> Kid, you're not playing that right. Watch this. <laughs> Just shaking your head in disapproval from through the pass through window exactly. or something. <laughs> it goes like this. Back in my day, we, uh, yeah. we knew how to play REM covers for angry metal That's fans right. and we loved it. And that is not how you play that. Kid. Come on. <laughs> Dude, thanks so much for coming on today, man. I, I, uh, you know, I thought I, I thought I had the whole history down, but I, you never ceased to surprise me with all these uh, side <laughs> little gigs and things that you did. So, uh, all I know is that uh, I cannot complain about working hard because you've been out there killing. It, so. <laughs> that is that is not the case. I'm I have uh, I work hard, and uh, you know, hopefully somewhere I can look back and say it paid off. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> whatever man you do great work and i uh, appreciate you and uh, it was great talking to you today all right buddy thank you so much aaron ford everybody i mean am i right <laughs> uh what a cool story and oh by the way i just went out with copeland and toured around with paramore just because i can must be nice, Aaron. Must be nice. Uh, thank you for being on the show, buddy. Appreciate it. Speaking of Aaron's, the uh, music clip on today's show was Kiro Kires from Forget Cassette's awesome album Salt, which was released by his college roommate Aaron Hartley's label, Theory 8 Records. So shout out to uh, Mr. Hartley as well. As always, the Urban Achiever opening and closing show theme music were written and performed by my man Ethan Luck. Check out Ethan at ethanluck.bandcamp.com. And uh, you can hit me up anytime via email at billy at urbanachievershow.com. You can connect with the show on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at urbanachieverpc. Uh, like I said before, go to patreon.com slash urbanachiever if you want to contribute. Also at Urban Achiever Show. Uh, please sign up on the email list. I also appreciate your iTunes reviews and ratings. That helps other people discover the show. And uh, yeah, so more shows coming. I'm doing an interview today with uh, Jordan Butcher, who also played drums touring with Copeland. Uh, So you can look forward to that next week. And until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you.